things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Patty Wyatt, and I will be your host today. Welcome to Girlfriend It. And we are talking about how do I start a broadcast? How do I broadcast? All right. You're done judging yourself as a mother, a wife, and a girlfriend, and mostly you're done judging yourself. In other words, this is a no-judging zone, and we've been kind of beating ourselves up during this pandemic, and we're watching people uh, start their own business. We're comparing ourselves with everybody else. We're eating way too much cereal at night and watching too much reality TV. And we're going to stop doing that, right? We're going to quit the comparison game of putting yourself on a scale of one to unicorn. And you're going to complete this one task that several of you listeners out there have asked me about. How do I start a podcast, which we did that a couple of weeks ago, and now how do I broadcast on Facebook? So I've asked my great friend, Bethany Jett, from uh Well, her and her co-founder, they have done several things broadcasting. One of them, they did an amazing conference on on Facebook. So I I asked her to help us out here, but I just want to introduce her a little bit more. Uh, She's a multiple award-winning author, speaker, and business owner who recently graduated with a 4.0. I just have to brag about her on that from her uh, Master's of Fine Arts in Communication, where she focused on marketing and public relations studies. She was also, let me brag a little bit more, Bethany, and just really embarrass you here. Uh, She was inducted into the National Society of Leadership and Success, awarded the Distinguished Scholar, and also awarded for the highest GPA in the program. Woohoo, woohoo. Have I embarrassed you enough? Yeah, I have little tears in my eyes. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go on, though, Bethany. Uh, not only does she speak at women's events and writer conferences across the country, uh, she also, um, she's a serious writer. And we can learn so much from her. I know you just recently did an entire broadcast on how to organize how do you, and, and uh, just uh, if we have time today, I'd even like to give some of our listeners a few tips uh, on that. Uh, but prior to starting these companies that you have, Bethany, you were uh, a youth, youth pastor's wife and you did all of his admin and assisted him, which has to, I give you kudos for that. Whenever you work with your husband, that's always a challenging, that, that deserves an award in itself. <laughs> but you're also a military wife. And you married your college sweethearts. Uh, you now have um, boys in the home running around, which is interesting because this through the pandemic, that's what makes it so crazy. It's really easy as a wife 
And then as a mom, yet alone as a mom of boys, just to go, that is all I can do. So we're not here to make those of you feel guilty. Um, if you're not, yeah. things, feel free to eat and watch reality TV. But for some of you, you're going, all right, I, um, cause uh, being a mom is like the hardest job ever, but some of you are just doing it for your own sanity of, all right, I would like to add a little bit more into my life. So I feel like I'm being intentional with, with what I'm doing here. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and, and, and start with some tips that, will basically help you use your voice and become a rock star or a broadcast star, or at least you'll know how to make a broadcast. I'm, I'm lowering the bar. <laughs> Remember, we're, we're girlfriends here, no judging, all right? But what would be, like, I'm just sitting here and I'm watching all of these people throw their videos on, and it's like these how-tos, and they're also starting these, you know, chat conversations with people, and I go, wait, I have a lot, I mean, God has gifted me with so many areas over here, I would love to use my voice to get it out there, so what would be my first step besides, I, I have a computer, I own a, a smartphone, and then I'm on Facebook. What's my next step? I think you're going to have to decide who is your audience and where are you going to be posting the videos. So even within Facebook, you've got your personal profile, which is like where your friends and family see you and everything. But you can also create a page and then you can create groups okay. uh, from that page. And so... I will tell you, you can have people on your personal profile, your friends, um, and those people could also be in a group with you or on your page, but the content has to be very different for the two. Like I'll post the same thing on both and it's one will do well and the other will not. It's just different personalities, even within Facebook itself, depending on how you're using it. So well, um, don't, if you're just, don't you think too, that, um, it's kind of annoying. Like if you're following someone on Instagram, you follow them on Twitter, you follow, follow them on Facebook and then they do a Facebook page and it's similar. Cause I know I've done that where it's like you're posting cause you want to get the link out there. So you don't want to spam people with just flood them with all of your junk, which I'm, I'm guilty of cause you, it takes a lot of time, right? It does. As you're putting the link out there. So then you end up putting it on every single page that you have. So that is a great tip. Yeah. You really got to know your audience. And like, I would say having a Facebook page and then creating a group surrounding like with a topic can be a very effective way to know what you're going to post to that group. The expectations are there on what you're going to talk about. And then you can also I'm going into a little bit broader marketing here. You can also start building your email list that way too, because in order to get into the group, you could be, you know, sending that out via email as well. If you're wanting to say, okay, I want to do a Bible study, or I want to talk about this specific topic, your personal profile might not be the place for that. It might be a group that will work better. And then you can let your friends know and people know, join the group because that's where I'm going to do my Facebook lives. Otherwise you could just go live on your personal wall and just share about your day or just get kind of get comfortable and tell people like, listen, this is my first Facebook live. You guys are my friends. So I, you know, this is a safe place to practice and let that kind of be your line when you go on for the first time. Awesome. Okay. When you're saying your email list, so that's the kind of stuff that people are asking. 
how do I, you know, you'll see, oh, subscribe here or on Facebook, you, you video, it's like, where, where do I even go to video? Do I download something on my Mac or my PC so I can video into Facebook or do I have to use Zoom or my phone and then link it in? How do you do that? There's lots of options for this. Like there's multiple ways to do it. The easiest way to do it is via your phone. And that's how I do 99% of the videos. It is, where's my phone? I'm holding it like straight up and down portrait mode. I know they can't see this, but <laughs> holding up my phone like you were going to take a selfie. And then, um, and speaking directly into it that way, I like using the phone because I can save the video to my phone, which I always do. So I have raw footage there to maybe use somewhere else. And then I went, go ahead and you can uh, share it within the Facebook platform directly from there. But there's other ways too. So there are programs like Zoom. And then um, I looked up some too. Crowdcast seems to be one that's popular. If you're doing like a paid conference and you need to make sure things are going well, because people are paying for the content, you're not, you're hoping that there's not gonna be a lot of interruptions. I know a lot of people have used Crowdcast. And then there, even if you just Googled um, seven best webinar software to go live on Facebook, that is an article that has seven other programs um, to be able to go into Facebook Live, especially if you're going next level, next step. But if you're like, I'm just going to try to get started and maybe do a Bible study or something where people aren't really paying for the content, your phone is enough. Okay. So I, I'm going to go back to that. Uh, with your phone, you can also get the tripod with the uh, lighting. You just put your phone right there. It, there's a place for it in the in light. You can buy it on Amazon and you video. So when you, once you start videoing, you, you're talking into your phone, how then are you, um, because d can you do it for just 10 minute segment segment, or can you do a whole hour video and then you share it onto Facebook? Right. So we have some groups that we have for the business and we do live trainings in, I think, almost exclusively, we're almost all of us using our phones to do it. And we can go for an hour, hour and a half. There might be a limitation. But I, I haven't hit it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but then what I do for that setup is I want to make sure I'm catching all of the comments and the questions. So I will have my phone set up exactly like you said on a tripod so that they can see me. And then right off screen, very close to the phone, I will have Facebook open and then I will also open the live stream on my computer my computer will be muted so that I'm not getting an echo that's really important and that way I can watch the comments come in as if I was a viewer looking at it just seeing what they're seeing okay I want I want to summarize that as well Bethany so what I'm hearing you say is that you're doing it live you're on the phone talking but you have your computer out and you're watching the chats yes in okay so then let's go back you're you've opened live stream you're talking into your phone how did you let your viewers know and you're on something different in order for them to be chatting on your phone i mean chatting in facebook right that's just well, your regular yeah so i'm live in facebook on my phone and i also have facebook open on the laptop so I can see comments coming in on my phone, but sometimes 
if I'm in a, in a teaching moment or I don't want to get distracted, I don't want to touch my screen to open the comment. So I have found having the laptop open makes it a little bit easier to not be doing this. <laughs> like um, yeah. the motion you're touching the, the phone while I'm talking. And so that's been actually kind of helpful just as like as an extra tip. Yeah. Um, but um, going to, to your question about how do people know that you're going live or you're going to do that. I think that um, if you have an email list, if you've got a group of people, you've got your email. I like to send an email out either the day before or the day of if, if I'm going to do something spontaneous. Like today, I'm doing a spontaneous teaching. And so I said, listen, at 1 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to go live. Here's what I'm going to talk about. I hope you join us there. But I also put that in the Facebook group, too, to say, hey, listen, I hope you can meet me here. And then we always encourage people to turn on notifications within the group so they'll know if we go live. Because maybe they didn't see the post, but maybe they'll get a notification that, oh, you know, Bethany's live right now. Let me tune in for a second. So that's you can always let people know on Facebook and then via email or however you're communicating. Give them a heads up. Awesome. Okay. I think the big tip there is telling your, I like the action steps because so often we put a lot of work into getting a platform, having your voice. And it's those little tiny tips like, oh yeah, duh, turn on your notifications in the group. So you know when there's something live that's going on. And uh, do you find that just doing it like the first Monday of a month, just people can anticipate that? Or do you like the more impulsive, impromptu, hey, we're, I'm, go- I'm going to do this quick training real quick? I like to have people put stuff on their calendar. So in the group that I'm being spontaneous in today, every Monday we have a standing schedule where they know they're going to get trained for an hour that night or 30 minutes every Monday. And so this one is I, uh, it's called like, wow or surprise for your audience. Boom, here's a bonus. You know, yeah. I was thinking of something today and I'm not going to wait. I'm going to share it with you right now. And so it's like in addition to what they're already getting. So it's going to depend on the feel of your group. But I think if, if people know, they can schedule around it and then they know to come back and watch the replay. I think that's important. Okay. So I, once again, just backtracking. So, so those of you who are taking notes, you are talking into your phone, you're, the phone's on the tripod, then you're, it's live, so you're able to watch why everybody's doing a live um, chat, live streaming, and you're catching all those comments, and all I did was go into a Facebook page and broadcast. There's no Or a group. Mm-hmm. Or a group. So uh, it's as easy as finding where it is on your Facebook because I think that's where the listeners are going. Wait, how do you how do you find it? So you can just okay. Google live streaming on Facebook. You can, or if you open your Facebook app on your phone, which I've got mine open right now, it there's three little buttons like where you can put a status. I know yeah. you can't see this, but um, like what's on your mind? The first option for me right there is live okay. with a red camera icon. So, and then if you're on your, and then you can. Click on what's on your mind, you know, to, to type in your status. And it usually pops up a list of other things you can do. You can add a photo. You can tag a friend, put a GIF, check in. But if you scroll down a little bit, live video is right above camera in there too. So they made it, it's just right in their list so that you can go live. Okay. So that is a big tip. You just go into your phone where it says what's on your mind and you push video and start doing the video and in live video. Time, live video people can then add add their comments. Okay. Here's another tip. 
if you want. I was just thinking about it. So for the live video, you can put a description in. So I usually have the description about like what I'm going to talk about, if there's a link or something that they need to know as they're coming in live. And sometimes when I'm done, the description needs to change a little bit. Or maybe I'll say, I'll give you guys a link in the comments. Sometimes I'll go back once the video is done. It's saved to the group. It's now a replay. I'll go in and change the description a little bit because I'm not inviting them live anymore. Now it's, you know, here's the video. Here's the link I mentioned here. So I'm kind of giving them a little bit more information in that description. It can be edited afterwards. So don't be afraid to to not have everything in that description when you're going live. Give them what they need and you can add stuff to it later. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. Uh, so we're, we're adding links. Now you, um, you've done the video. You've saved the video. The video is now on your Facebook page. So people that didn't, weren't able to go live, they can go back to it. Correct. If you want that to be there or you can take it off. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the adding the links is what's important because for those of you who want to monetize as you're broadcasting, then some of those links are significant. So an example would be, we, we've been talking about the tripod, um, the tripod, the, what's it called? The in light. Oh yeah. The light, the ring light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tripod. I was saying tripod. The tripod <laughs> with the yeah. like, All we'd have to do is put a link there to Amazon, and that's a way to monetize. So anybody that clicked on that link and actually purchased this tripod, then you can set it up. I mean, once again, that's a whole nother uh, podcast on how yeah. to set it up with Amazon, but you can Google that. Um, if you were talking about some of the other um, items that you use, then you put a link on there and you're sending your um, audience to, to help monetize what, what you're doing, which is really cool. In the, in the, uh, so let's go back to that. If you're adding a link to the comments and you talked about gaining the emails, how do you say, please subscribe or please, um, send your email if, uh, uh, several people do not want to put their emails where it's out for everyone. So how are you gathering their emails? Okay. So there's multiple ways to gather email. You could set it up where they have to subscribe or to, you know, to a list. So let's, I'm going to back up. You can set up a landing page and within several email service providers like MailChimp or constant contact or convert kit, whatever one that you're using, to collect your emails, a lot of them have landing page options for you. So you would want to set something up like that. And like, if I was going to do a Bible study, I would want the email of everyone who is going to do this with me. And so I'll say, listen, if you want to be part of this, go to this link, which takes you to my landing form, register there. And then I will send everyone who registers the link to the private Facebook group. So I've collected emails ahead of time in that scenario. So for them to even get in, I've already got the email. So that's a great way to do it. If they're already in the group with you, though, and like you haven't done that, um, then you might want to create a resource for them. You know, if you want the replays, I will be sending it out via email. But that would not be very nice. I would leave the videos probably within the group <laughs> so they can yeah. see them there. But you'll want to have some other reason for them to give you that email address. And so you'll have to be thinking, what can I create for them? Is there, 
you know, a resource uh, list that I can give them. And so then you're going to be on the back end enticing them for a different purpose rather than to get in the group. Or you could say as your questions to get into the group at that point, um, you could say, okay, to enter this group, you're also um, signing up for the newsletter or signing up for updates about this group. You can unsubscribe at any time, obviously, but you need to have a valid email here. And so before you actually accept them into the group, they've been given permission to do that because they've given you the email address there and you're inputting it into the thing and letting it run the process through that way. And so that would be like another workaround. So they're having to, on Facebook, send you when they want to join the group, they're, you're not letting them join until they direct message you their email. So I haven't done this yet, but I've got a couple of groups where we're probably going to do this with, and it'll just be in the membership questions to join the group. So they don't have to direct message me. They can actually answer it right within the group there. And there's been a few groups that I've joined where that was one of the requirements to be part of it. It was also a way to, to it was a way for them also to keep people out of the group who weren't really interested in what the group was specifically about. Um, and I, so I just said, you know, here's my email. And then they had a thing in there, you know, by give me your email, you give me permission to then go ahead and add you to this list. And then I could unsubscribe from that list if I wanted to later. But that was the one point of entry to get into that specific Facebook group. You don't have to do that, but that is another way to, to gather email. Again, if you're trying to do something uh, monetized and you're needing to have some sort of system where not everybody who's interested in this just comes in, it can also start to separate, you know, really targeted audience in that group versus people who just join groups to join groups. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Okay. So why then would I even need Zoom? Like you talk about there's seven great best webinars. I get it if you're like Crowdcast is what you said. Mm -hmm. And that one makes sense if you're trying to monetize by having them register. But why would I use Zoom? Why would that benefit me over using Facebook? Because, I mean, that's what I use. I use Zoom. And... Uh, there are times when, unless you pay for Zoom, uh, which I do it for business, so it's different, mm -hmm. uh, where you're told, okay, you get 30 minutes and then you're you're done. Why is that beneficial? All right, Zoom so I love Facebook? Zoom too. Yeah, so you can you can use Zoom into Facebook, but I think you have to. I think it's a paid feature. And here's the thing: like they can change this all the time, especially with so many people using the platform. You know, I don't want to say, oh no, you have to pay for it. But the last time I checked, it was a paid part of the pro because um, we got it for business to see how we could stream in. Um, some people have really great success. I've been on the receiving end as an audience member of people using it flawlessly. We've done several times to work it. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think it's more about Facebook than Zoom at that point. And the integration there. Okay. Yeah, interesting because um, it's just funny. You do, you do what you're in the habit of doing. So since, you know, I use Zoom, but I, I'm, I'm unclear as to... Because with Zoom, you have to invite everyone into the platform, whereas Facebook, they can just kind of come in, which as I'm saying that out loud, maybe it's nice to know, okay, I can do a specific invitation 
to, to people. So you get an idea of, I only want 20 people and I want this to be a small group. And then they value it because they know they have to be there if they said they were going to, rather than if you just expand it to, to the world of, of Facebook. But it, it sounds like Facebook is so much nicer, not, not throwing Zoom under the bus by any means, but with uh, the simplicity of it, not having to do the invitations. In that Correct. respect, yeah. And but um, at one point, Facebook would let us bring people online and do like a side by side interview, or have two people live streaming at the same time. And then they took it away, and I'm not sure if it's back or not yet. I'm I'm sure they're working through that. And but Zoom gives you that capability of having multiple guests live on the screen. I I use both in tandem, and I think it really, like you said what's the point of this video and which one is going to be better and using zoom streaming into Facebook is nice. If you want to share your screen, like as on my phone, I can't do some in-depth teachings because I can't screen share and walk them through step-by-step. I have to video that and then maybe do a watch party um, in the Facebook group where I've done a live, I've done a video that I've taped, but we're going to all watch it live together at a certain time, which is another way to, to run a, a conference, not a conference so much, but like a summit or an event that you're doing. Okay. So that's what we're going to end on today is if I wanted to run um, a conference, I'm using Facebook. I'm not using zoom, which I liked your point. Cause you're right. I, that's, that's one of the reasons I like zoom. Cause I'm always doing a screen share cause you're showing PowerPoints mm-hmm. and videos and links and all of that. So that would be the one thing that would be different. I didn't even think about that, that you wouldn't be able to do that on Facebook. Uh, so let's say you want to do a conference and I, and actually we have three minutes before we go into commercial break. And then when we come back, we are going to be talking to Bethany about how to organize because as we're moving forward, doing all these podcasting, broadcasting, how do you organize your world? Uh, but what would be my first step in doing a a conference? And hopefully we'll be able to do it in two and a half minutes. <laughs> Bethany? So if you're monetizing, you're going to want the power of something beyond Facebook, even if Facebook is the place where they're going to watch the videos. So I would say have Zoom meetings also where you're saying individual Zoom links. Only people with the password can get in. You're monitoring who's coming into those. And um, a couple of conferences that I was just part of, I believe they were using Crowdcast. They had someone designated to be the person managing all of those things. And then those, we were actually live streaming through Zoom. And then they were watching it live in the Facebook group. And that worked out really well. Both systems tend to work. So Zoom is powerful. If you're going to go conference and monetize, I would use that or something stronger. Yeah. Now, Platinum Faith did a conference where you had all the different speakers and you taped them ahead of time and then you put them on Facebook. Did you do that through password use or did you just open that up and then put it live onto Facebook? We use the watch party feature. So we uploaded it to our Facebook page towards the end of this um, and then two minutes before the scheduled time in the group. And then we watch partied it into the group. So they were all seeing the same thing at the same time. And then we also gave the option if they didn't want to join the group, they could watch it on the page as well. But obviously we wanted them in the group <laughs> to watch it with us. And then right. we were monitoring comments live, you know, in real time. 
Yeah. And I just want to say on a side note, because I, I was one of the, the speakers for that particular conference, which thank you for, it was an honor to be on there. Uh, but if you're not into the all the Facebook features, just the other day, I noticed I had a list and I don't even, I don't even know how it popped up, but it said preview and there were tons of invitations from you that I was supposed to preview to allow on my site on my oh facebook <laughs> and all of a sudden i saw all these things and i went oh that that would be a perfect example of me not getting notifications or previews because i guess you have to allow if you have certain security on your you know facebook page of people not getting on where they can't just post things and uh, yeah. so with that, we are going to go into a commercial break, and we are talking with Bethany Jett. Bethany, thank you so much, and we will be right back. After- Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. emergency room nurse will tell you they receive some weird and wild calls. I used to be the night ER nurse at Hennepin County General Hospital in Minneapolis and remember getting a call from someone who was worried about if it mattered or not if their belly button was an innie or an outie. It doesn't matter, but if you're an outie, you are definitely the minority. Still, that's good news because you don't have to worry about a little problem that people with innies have. Pledge it. That's another word for belly button lint. Researchers say the color of the pledget in your belly button is related to the clothing you wear, just like the lint that collects in your clothes dryer. A friend of mine from the Philippines says they call it a chikachu. What you call a person who's obsessed with their belly button? An omphalopsikite. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Patty Wyatt, and I have an awesome friend of mine, Bethany Jutt, as a guest on our show today. And we just finished chatting about all the things that you need to know, except we only hit maybe three or four, of being a broadcast star. And then we decided, well, maybe not a star, but at least we gave you some tips on on how to to broadcast. Um, Hopefully, you walked away with just some of the basics of getting yourself out there and we want to challenge you. Uh, I, I will give you a quote from Willy Wonka, another another fabulous friend of mine. Uh, we are the music makers. We are the dreamers of dreams. So don't ever stop dreaming. Don't ever stop believing. Nothing is impossible. So get out there and we are here. Uh, Bethany's going to tell us how we can find her. I know she's Bethany Jot on Facebook and she'll give you some more details on where else you can find find her. And um, I'm here with Girlfriend It, always, always, always on Facebook. Uh, actually, I'm not always, always, always on Facebook, but the actual page is there. So you can a- ask any questions. And we're going to now get into being a, uh, hopefully, an organizational rock star. 
And it's just, it's easy for our life to get full of clutter. Um, Everywhere you look, sometimes you can see clutter or you see piles or it's just not the way you want it. Toys, clothes, shoes, uh, you know, wait, there's a second sock somewhere. I don't know how they get eaten, but it's, it's going to happen. Uh, sometimes we have to, to look or actually ask for help. And as God says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. Uh, so ask for that help. I know uh, we had a group of girlfriends in our neighborhood that we decided we were going to use Every Thursday, you know, the, the first Thursday of the month, we were going to go into each other's homes and you could pick one room that you wanted to tackle. And we, we thought eventually we were going to get all of our houses, you know, to perfection. It worked. We all did one room. And then after that, we went, all right, you guys got to figure it out. That was not fun. <laughs> But, you know, there are some people who love to do that. And one one of our um, our friends, uh, she was an attorney and we walked in and this is a brilliant woman, right? You would not. And she doesn't care that I'm not throwing her under the bus because she gave me permission to be able to share that because she's like, no, ask for help, get help. She had 11 years of piles of files that she had taken out of her filing cabinet because it was archaic, but she, she didn't want to quite throw it away. So she just started piling, piling them in her kitchen on the floor. And before you knew it, when you walked in her kitchen, it was like a hoarder. I mean, it, it was like just piles of, of files. I couldn't believe it, but she kept thinking, I'm going to go through them Eventually, one of these days I'm going to go through and we threw those things away. She felt and and neuroscience proves this, that when we declutter, it's it has a huge impact on our brain. And so I can't imagine how she felt walking into her kitchen and seeing all of these piles. And I get the fear there because you're like, as soon as I burn this, as soon as I throw it away, that's when someone calls you up and says, hey, we need that file. There's a lawsuit taking place or, or whatever. But we need that person to go, this is out of hand. <laughs> you, you need to focus in here. So Bethany, what would be the first, like, let's start with organizing your, your office rather than organizing your sock drawer, right? Um, what would be your first tip for us in making that happen? Uh-oh, Bethany, I can't hear your voice somehow. Um, now, can you hear me? There we go. All right. Yay. Microphone oh, well, my- on. All right, Bethany, hit it. <laughs> um, well, my husband is going through the Six Sigma he went through the green belt training, which is techniques and tools like for organization and stuff. And so he was, he's been going through this process of their five S's. And the one thing he told me was that part of that is when you're sitting at your desk, the only things that need to be there are things you need on a daily basis. Everything else needs to be moved out of the way. It doesn't need to be within arm's reach. Okay. So stop right there. That's a great tip. Um, it's, so in other words, I have paper clips, tapes, um, books, um, sticky notes, 
on my desk. But really, the only thing I would use daily would be the sticky notes. I rarely use tape, but I have it sitting here on my desk. So what you're saying is to, all I would need is the sticky notes and the pen. Yes. Like if you're following that formula, the tape is wow. in a drawer, you know, or it wow. could be somewhere close. Yeah. But yeah. It doesn't need to be, you know, and that, that's a really great thing. It's like, okay, what do I actually need on the daily? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So daily need. I like that. All right. And what was that S? <laughs> I was think that it's five S's. I, that may have been, I don't know the five S's. Well, we're going to make but... our own. This... <laughs> I can look it up. <laughs> All right. So the daily need is the only thing we need in your space on your desk. All right. What else? Yeah. Um, for organizing, I mean, I use planners and digital methods to kind of organize my life. So I think having paper or, you know, you said you've got your pen, some way that you can write stuff down as things are coming in, you know, from your email or from Facebook messenger. I mean, every social media is now basically an inbox. (laughs) So people are messaging you in 500 places and I feel so overwhelmed sometimes by that. But if that stuff just starts getting written down, you know, as needed, I think that's also a way to kind of keep your head organized. You don't feel like, okay, I have to go back and find all this stuff. You can just make a note. Like this person messaged me on Facebook. Great. I can get back to her later. And for the, Oh, you know what? There's these things that I'm so excited about right now for your office. I'm going to show you because you can see me. And I think they're called easy stacks on Amazon and it's E Z and then S T A X. I believe is what it is. So I'm going to show you. They look like paint trays. TVs. I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. it's, they're real flimsy. Like, why would you pay for this? The reviews were amazing. And so basically, you can t- put tabs and labels here. And they lift up. So they're designed where you can slide paper in and out without removing the entire stack. This oh, wow. has been a game changer. My printer is right here. Like everything is within arm's reach, right? So my printer is right by my desk. I can pull it off and I can immediately put it into the category it needs to go in, or I can put it on the top, which is a to sort. And then this last week I had a bunch of papers that needed sorting and you can unstack them and just file them into where they need to go and restack it back up. And it only takes the space of the paper. It condenses. So it's not like all this airspace, empty airspace in between the shelves which is what I was hoping to avoid, right? So it just makes it real condensed, easy stacks, best things ever. Okay, so I, first of all, um, Bethany's office is amazing. It's it's something <laughs> that you would see in um, on Pinterest. And secondly, the easy stacks, you said Amazon and it's capital E, capital Z, S-T-A-X? Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and like she said, it just looks like little, um, like a, you would roll painter in there. And what's beautiful about that is I don't, I don't know about you, but I do do piles. I don't want to file it, file it yet because out of sight, out of mind. So I keep putting my papers after I print them. It's like, I'm not done with this yet, be it an invoice or, Um, even if it's part of my, my lesson plan or what objectives I have to, and if I'm teaching this course, you know, in a couple of days. So I, I do, I have these piles and it's like, okay, now I start piling my piles, 
But that is nice. You just slide it into um, a horizontal pile, but it's filed rather than just stacking them. I love it. Yes. And I'll tell you, that's the same thing. I had those little really cute like paper organizers for your desk, right? But then I had to go through all those papers looking for what I needed. And this lets me kind of just do a pre-sort because the papers in here aren't done either. Same thing. They're not ready to go either in the shred or the file cabinet. Yes. All right. So on that note, I use my phone, the notes in an iPhone, and um, it's kind of nice because I just dictate into my phone. Like you said, now all the social media is becoming one big, great inbox. So I would go in and go Instagram, um, you know, do X, Y, Z, Facebook, answer, blah, blah, blah on your to-do list. And when you're dictating, that's, that's really nice to do that, but it's not paper. And I notice you use a lot of paper and you do your planner. Why is that? Why do you do the planner book over using your computer? Do you know that I'm allergic to an ingredient in paper and ink? Really? <laughs> yes. I so, did not know that. <laughs> it's crazy. So I have to wear gloves all the time. But I went to a digital planning system, just especially when I first got diagnosed with it. I thought, okay, paper is out of my life forever now. But it, there was just something I missed about the actual pen to paper I remember it. Then there's science about like writing stuff down and how it links back to memory. And I can see it on the page versus I forgot about it. Kind of like when you're reading a book and you know what side of the page it was on. So I went back to paper and you're right. I love it so much. We recycle a lot here (laughs) at the Jet House. Um, (laughs) Just for anyone who's like freaking out over paper, but I love it so much. I love the planner system and you know, it's, it's really helping me do digital plus, non-digital, almost a little bit of a break from all of the screens that I feel like I'm looking at all the time. Yeah. So it's just that, that love of being able to see it. And like you said, uh, it's crazy what's coming up, what they're saying about if you're actually writing it down and the imagery of seeing it after you wrote it down, then you actually have a better memory recall. Uh, who knew, right? Because you would think typing it into your computer would be the same thing. And yet right. it's not. It's having to to write it down. One of the things that I have appreciated, I was a nut for um, the Franklin planner and I quit. I got away from doing that. So if you go into my closet, there's just shelves of, you know, I started it in 1993, believe it or not, all the way to like 2004. I think it was. And I like it. There's something that I I love about the organization of all of the same books (laughs) that are lined up. But what's really cool, I'm trying to get rid of some of of the books now. And I'm going through and it it was a journal. Like you're writing everything that you did. Whereas I don't go back into my computers and read through it like I did with my the, the journals and the daily planners. So there's something to be said about that of actually the physical writing. All right, we're off on reflecting versus how do we organize? What's the next step? <laughs> um, I think categorize, which we kind of talked about, and then 
compartmentalizing things as well. So like even within going back to the planners, for example, you know, I've got businesses and then my life, family, like we all have multiple things we're trying to keep track of. And so they call it Franken planning, like Frankenstein's monster. You know, you put different pieces together. And so that's kind of how I've done with my planner. So I've said, okay, here's the different compartments of life for me, businesses, writing, all these things. And then within there is the categories. And so what needs to be written down? What actually needs to be tracked here? And then putting it like into just one. So like basically this one planner is July. And then behind me, I've got the the bigger, thicker 18 month ones. And I'll just switch out the months as they come so that I've really condensed life into one book that I have to keep track of as opposed to maybe five different kinds of things. That has been I just did this recently and it's been a game changer for me already. Even the mental, spiritual stuff. I put that into a separate, um, happy planner book. And like this morning for my quiet time. Oh, we talked about this once before, like really taking that first hour or so of the day and not getting on screens. I've been practicing that for about four weeks now and it has been a game changer. And so this little planner is the same thing. It's like got where I do my Bible study notes, it, health stuff. And it's the one I grab first thing in the morning with my iPad to do my quiet time or to read and things. And then this one stays on my desk because I've compartmentalized those two areas of my life, professional and financial is one, everything else is something else. And that has really been helping. Okay. Let's, let's break that down as well. Cause you're right. We did talk about this before and, and you just can't talk about it enough because it's a refresher course of when we wake up in the morning and uh, not that we want to stereotype, but there are generations that are going to be more apt to sleep with their phone, sleep with their phone underneath their pillow. Yes, and Bethany is raising her hand. Um, and they're they're showing, once again, the neuroscience behind that. It's like a heroin drip. Uh, that you might wake up at one o'clock in the morning. Some people will play Candy Crush or whatever. Candy Crush, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they can't go to sleep. But then you're looking at that light, which is creating all kinds of you know crazy uh, the the wiring that's going on in your in your head. It's actually waking you up, even though you think, oh no, I'm doing it until I fall asleep again. But also, I hear, oh, but I need my alarm clock in the morning. So one of the tips they say is to put your phone in the bathroom. Well, you, you still are launching out of bed, but you can't keep pushing the snooze because that sets you up for something different as mm-hmm. well. And then compart- compartmentalizing, like you said, if you have your book and this is for you know, your health and your spiritual, so this is the emotional, and then this is work. After you write in it, hopefully you're not going to keep going back to it because it's like, okay, I wrote that down. Until I work on that, I can compartmentalize it. So that's so important what you said. And then try not to open up your phone and your emails until you've opened up who you are. Until yes. you're able to have your space and your quiet time, that's another way to declutter. So just kind of summarizing that, you're right. That's so, so it's challenging and yet it's, it has such a huge impact on your, on your day to do that. Okay. Yeah. Next one where we did categorizing, compartmentalizing the, the Franken planning, Franken planning. Uh, <laughs> and then you said the game changer is waking up 
not jumping into everything, but looking at your at your books, whichever one you have compartmentalized for your morning time. Mm-hmm. It, that's been wonderful. And then I think another tip would be to standardize, which is one of the five S's of the Six Sigma <laughs> um, <laughs> that he was talking about. But that's helpful too. And we do that and we do this in the house, Justin and I, we're always talking about, you know, that phrase, you know, a place for everything and everything in its place. And so it's like, okay, that there's a lot of truth to that. You know, when you come home, where do the keys go? Like I tell my kids, like, you'll never lose your keys. If you always hang them up as soon as you come in the house, like they will always be there. It's when you put them in your pocket or throw them in the purse or do something else where things start to get, you know, so just sticking to a state, defining a standard and then sticking to that same standard, whether it's within house organization or, office or business or whatever it is, is standardizing. And so like for me, as an example, every appointment goes into Google calendar simply because it streams across multiple devices. My husband can have access to it. I can be at a hair appointment. I can pull Google calendar up right there, schedule the appointment for my kids or anything. And then when I'm actually sitting down to plan out the month or the next weeks, I go to my Google calendar on my computer and I've got my planner out. And those are the things that get put in first. And so then life is building around that. So that for me is a standard. Appointments always go there. And so the times that I miss appointments are when I haven't done that because it wasn't in the Google calendar. It didn't exist, basically. Yeah. But that becomes the brain of the appointment. And that's pretty much all I use Google Cal for. It's just that dates that have times that have to be blocked off is what that is. Um, so, what, you know, what is the standard for me, right? Like with my iPad. I have access to email there as a backup, as a just in case my computer isn't working, but I never purposefully never check it unless I have to, because I want the iPad for me to be a place where I can write. And, and interestingly enough, I can write nonfiction on my computer, no problem. As I'm working on this other book, which is fiction, it, it has to be written on the iPad in Scrivener, which goes to Dropbox. It's, I can't do it on the computer because there's too much email. There's too much Sometimes I get angry at my computer. Like, I don't want to open it. I don't, I don't want to see, like, that's where all the people live who need me, right, is in my yeah. computer. But the iPad is a safe place, even though I have access to the same amount of things. And so just figuring out, like, okay, that sounds crazy, but it works. And so the iPad is a calm place. It's where I read. It's where, you know, I veg to shows or whatever. Games are there. So just kind of even breaking down for yourself, what is my standard for how I want to feel or, or how I even work best? And so even having different jobs for the tools that we're using, the devices that we're using has been helpful too. I think that's the first time I've said that out loud, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was very therapeutic, wasn't it? Okay. Yes. But what you're saying is so important because once again, research shows that it's actually, and, and people go, no, there's no way it takes that long, but it's four to seven minutes. If you are in multitasking, so what you just said, if you're writing on your iPad and that's your safe place, then this is where I can go and focus. If you're writing on your computer and like you said, everyone's needing you, your Facebook notifications are popping up, there's an email that pops up, unless you turn those off, your day is really in this mumble jumble chaos in your brain. And once again, you're not decluttering where mm -hmm. it's it's a safe place to actually get your work done, which we call that the big rocks. Like, go yes. and find your time. Like, my perfect 
uh, time to really where when I crank is from nine to eleven. I have a two hour, and obviously I I, I have more hours that, but I I know my nine to eleven is my prime time, and if I'm on my prime time, then don't be on, uh, don't go digitally where you're going to have people that that need you. Like do your big rock, and then your smaller rocks can start. Um, fitting in. So I think that's powerful. And if you don't have the option to work off of an iPad or a smartphone and a computer, you just have one, uh, then turn off those notifications. It's so important. But it's another addiction, right? We just can't turn it off. It's like, oh, I might miss something or someone might need me or, but the best work for me is when I turn off my phone, I turn off my notifications and I know that for two hours, hopefully mm-hmm. no one's going to die and there won't be any emergencies that take place. Uh, I, I work from home and my husband works for, from home. So hopefully mm-hmm. if they can't get a hold of me, they, they can get a hold of him. It's hard to do. It's really it hard to do. So we left so far with a couple of tips there in the morning. Try not to have your cell phone so accessible to you. Try to do that first hour where you're waking yourself up. You're, you know, going for a run, getting a a drink of water, having your quiet time before you, boom, jump in. And then know your prime time to do your big rocks and know your safe space on how you're going to work. All right, so we are uh, standardized. Now what? Um, I think another tip is to create a master list. And so this is something I've transitioned with the last just couple of weeks. And so just saying, okay, sometimes I feel like I've got to-do lists in 500 different places because I'm making a to-do list for every section of my life. And so when I was working with my best friend and my co-author, Michelle, we were at her house. And we both just grabbed our, you know, paper and we just started making master lists. And on the master list, I was sort of categorizing, you know, this is serious writer, this is Platt, this is me, you know, those things. But it was so helpful to be able to see it all in one spot. And then we decided the best thing to do then, if you're using a calendar, like a paper planner or your phone or however you're doing it, look at the master list and then for your day, okay, what are the three to five things that can get done today that have to get done today? And then you can transfer those items off the master list. And now you can work just from the day. So you're not looking at all these things that you have to do. Because that can be overwhelming. Sometimes I think it's even just kind of tricking your brain, right? I don't want to look at all the things, but I can look at three and I can get them done. Because otherwise, I would write things down in my planner and not transfer them to the next week. And then I would forget about them. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if I have one spot that is for this, then I know today, like this morning after my quiet hour, I was like, what are the five things that have to get done today? Boom, 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 boom. Now I'm working off one list and it's all manageable. Yeah. So, so important um, to have that one. And I know I use um, a whiteboard. I use sticky notes. Um, I dictate into my phone, you know, unfortunately when I'm out and about, I was going to say unfortunately, because sometimes it's when I'm sitting at a, a stoplight and I know I shouldn't be doing that at all. But those, those are the, the shower thoughts that come to your mind when you're like, Oh, yep. don't forget to do X, Y, and Z, or you come up with this really creative thought. So you have it in four or five different places. So at some point, what I like to do is, 
hopefully, is the last 30 minutes of your day, combine all of them, where you dictated, where you wrote it, into one big master list. And then the next morning, the reason why I like to do it at night, because then I don't lay in bed with, oh, this and that. Then the next morning, you have it. And I like to do, you said three, I like to do six tasks, right? At, you know, these are the top six tasks. And if I only do three, then I will carry those other three into the next day. But it gives me that goal because when I accomplish all six, uh, my temperament is very results driven. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I like, I am a rock star. I killed it. I nailed my day. Right. <laughs> It's an awesome feeling. Well, we only have a couple minutes, um, Bethany, left of the show. And so tell our listeners, um, once again, where they can find you. Uh, and and I, I know I shared it earlier, but to be able to tap into you, you're an award-winning author, speaker, business owner. You just recently graduated uh, with distinguished honors, the highest GPA in the program. Obviously, there's some things we can glean from you. And uh, I just, it's been an honor having you on the show. Tell our listeners where they can find you. I'm on all social media. Um, so bethanyjet.com is my website and then my social media links are there because I don't have the same username on all of them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me anywhere. Awesome. And we just want to um, thank you for listening. We have one minute. Uh, what would be your one tip or trick in being organized that you could give to our listeners, Bethany? Uh, to give yourself grace. If things don't get done and you're like, I need to have family time right now, then push that stuff till either a little power hour before you go to bed or get up early the next morning. But don't let the list dictate your life, really. Yeah, that that's awesome. Uh, and I just want to say that, you know, one of the things my sister, she's an, amazing at organizing. And she would say, just do one thing a day and start from left move to the right, start from the bottom and, and, and move down. And that helps me. So with that, we just want to thank you once again. It's an honor to have that first hour of your morning on a Thursday and go out there and get organized. Girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It, hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.